pile the bodies high at Austerlitz and Waterloo. Shovel them under and let me work. I am the grass. I cover all. And pile them high at Gettysburg. Pile them high at Ypres and Verdun. Shovel them under and let me work. Two years, ten years, and passengers ask the conductor, What place is this? Where are we now? I am the grass. Let me work. From the American poet Carl Sandburg. Good morning, everyone. I'm Rob McCall. This is the Almanajo Almanac, a collection of natural and unnatural events, rank opinion, and wild speculation devoted to feeling at home in nature and breaking down the wall of hostility between us and the rest of creation. This is the Almanac for the first quarter of the Strawberry Moon, June 18 to 25, 2010, a threshold of summer this week. Here are some natural events. Consider the many benefits of letting grassy fields grow unmown. First are the wildflowers waving in the breeze and the sound of crickets and the wonder of the grasses Vast variety growing to full seed-bearing maturity. Grasses mown down again and again to a regular three inches look the same. From spring to fall, sterile, interrupted, never reaching their fullness. But let go, they show their marvelous particular features. And further, the long grass holds moisture in the soil during drought and its woven, matted turf secures the soil and halts erosion. And then, of course, there is the hay. In former days, hay was a foundation crop for New England farmsteads, feeding the livestock through the winter months. Old pictures of our village show wide-open fields within the town boundaries and way up the mountain slopes. These meadows were for hay and pasture. Nowadays, acres upon acres of rich fields full of protein are bush hogged down each year because we have little use for hay. But we have not forgotten the monumental labor that went into clearing and keeping those old fields, so now we mow them out of rote memory. A few farmers still make hay in our area, the Birdsalls, Lautenvogel, King Hill Farm, some others, but it is barely a break-even operation and done more for love than for money. Maybe that will change as the present economic crisis becomes the new normal. I can recognize a few grasses, orchard grass, foxtail, timothy, fescue, but, you know, these are just a few. There are hundreds of others out there. You'd think it would be easy enough to find a guide to Maine wild grasses somewhere in the vast online universe, but every time I search, I'm guided to back to weeds, weeds, weeds. The common knowledge of 100 years ago is disappearing before our eyes. And, of course, the last and greatest benefit of grass is its humble healing, diligence, binding up the wounds that we inflict upon the earth and upon each other. By the patient efforts of grass, battlefields are changed from red and brown to green. 
Scorched earth is turned from burnt and black to verdant, slipping into places we have laid waste and turning them green again. Grasses are not to be disdained as weeds, as they quietly and humbly show us how to re-green and redeem the planet. The grasses are to be honored as healers of the wounded earth and the silent, swaying ambassadors of life sent to reclaim the dominions of death. And finally, here are a couple of seed pods for you to carry around with you this week. The first from Walt Whitman's, what else, Leaves of Grass. A child said, What is the grass fetching it to me with full hands? How could I answer the child? I do not know what it is any more than he. It must be the flag of my disposition out of hopeful green stuff woven. And from Malvina Reynolds, God bless the grass that's gentle and low. Its roots, they're deep and its will is to grow. And God bless the truth, the friend of the poor, and the wild grass growing at the poor man's door. And God bless the grass. Well, that's the almanac for this quarter moon, but don't take it from me. Go out and see for yourself. <laughs>